Tag and Bienvenidos. This is Uber Cinco, the podcast game show where we deep dive top fives. Today's episode is Top 5 Reasons to Disappear. Here's the who, what, when, where, why, and how. Who? Today's contestants, Brian Ernst and Mitch Brinkman. Say hello, boys. Hello. Hi. Hi. Hey, what's up? <laughs> yeah. Sorry. <laughs> you, need to, you need to disappear. <laughs> oh, sorry. God. Oh, I'm already embarrassed. Fuck. Okay. And on, sorry. The, the what? Reasons to disappear. Weren't you listening? The when? Right now, baby. The where? No one knows. That's the point of disappearing. And the why? You're about to find out. And how? As Radiohead said in their classic track, How to Disappear Completely, I'm not here. This isn't happening. I'll tell you what is happening. You are listening to Uber Cinco. Here's a quick rundown of the rules. Each player in the den has spent time with today's topic, arranging their top five answers in order of importance. Those answers have been submitted to the host who will moderate the game, awarding points to the player with the most poignant answer. Starting with their number five choice, we'll move up the ranks until we reach each of their top answers. But if both contestants happen to have the same answer on their list, well, we have an Uber, Uber Stereo. You will hear the official Uber Cinco siren, and both players must reveal their answer and what number they ranked their submission. An Uber Stare Down is all or nothing, with one player earning three points. After all answers have been read, the host will reveal the final score. And of course, as host, I'm allowed to institute my own house rule, which is, and I know I'm going to regret this, <laughs> Bonus points will be awarded to any contestant that makes me want to disappear from this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh <Don't>... my <laughs> god. All right, Nathan, do you remember freshman year? Um, <laughs> you were in my arms crying, uh, sweating, and uh, uh, you just lost a, a hand at poker um, online. And I, I told you, buddy, you'll get that 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 fake $18,000 back. Don't worry about it. And you said, no, it's gone. It's all gone. Hold me, I, hold me tighter. So um, I don't remember crying. The rest might be factual. Um, <laughs> anyways, don't forget to stick around at the end for my Fast Five send-off where I will rattle off my definitive list of the top five mistakes you have made in the last 24 hours. <laughs> and if you have a topic that you want us to list, head over to bizbear.biz, send it our way. It might just make it onto a future episode. Okay, Mitch, you won the pre-show foot-only rock, paper, scissors contest, so you, you get to go first. Cool. Uh, my number five uh, is actually, a, it's a callback to a previous episode um, in, in partial spirit. Uh, so my number five is a uh, reason to disappear is to give your kid a chip on their shoulder. Um, and <laughs> this yeah. derives straight from the, the number five mistake I made on top five mistakes you'd make after finding the, the, uh, eternal, uh, well, the eternal youth from the Holy grail was I would meet a waitress in Naturita, Colorado, uh, she would serve me delicious stack of pancakes in the morning, and by early evening, we'd be making sweet love and a sweet little boy named Gordy. Gordy would be would grow up to be a very very high level science guy. Um, and I science never, guy. Yeah, yeah science. Yes. Is, I, now I remember is, Gordy. Yeah, there's a, there's another word for that. Unless if he's going to supersede Bill Nye. That's yes. And I, I think he was going to be a rocket man too. He's going to work on rockets or something. <laughs> uh, but uh, but but I, I would forever feel um, insufficient around Gordy. He would have surpassed me so quickly. 
So what I want to do is either give a, a chip to, to my kid's shoulder or I want to deprive them of a less than average role model, a.k.a. me as their parent. So you know what? Before they can remember, I'm, I'm throwing da- – did you hear the, those noises? Did you, the, one, one more time. That's yeah. twelve. That's 12 smoke bombs I throw down when we're out on a shopping trip to Jules, and I am – gone i'm gone he, forever. he's also he's also uh waving his hands in front of his face while he says that for yes. you <laughs> listeners that's yeah. yes yeah that's very and that's, important yeah. and 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 that's part of the pageantry when you are when you are throwing down um uh smoke bombs is to to wave your arms around uh yes. so yeah i think that this would be this is a great thing to do just to, just to put a big old chip on your kid's shoulder you know maybe maybe uh the the, the mom can just tell idealized or horrific stories about me, you know, to kind of shape how um, uh, she wants to push Gordy into his future. And obviously, he ends up becoming a high-level, uh, you know, rocket science guy, you know, for the uh, for the NASA's or for, you know, the Blue Velvets, you know, um, uh, Bezos's, Bezos's company. Blue Velvet? Would you say Blue Velvet? What? What's it called? Blue Origin? Blue Origin. There we go. Not, not Blue Velvet. Or... Or uh, he, he he could do it for um for uh oh what's his name Elon uh, Tusk's uh what, what's his company's name um space spaced out what I can't remember whatever it is he'd be a he'd be a big time science guy and I I, I don't know I don't know science I don't know rockets I don't know any of that we world. we know we know you're doing a bit but I'm pretty sure the audience thinks you had a stroke. <laughs> What are you talking about? <laughs> I can't. I cannot keep every single billionaire's private rocket company name straight. I'm sorry. Okay, I don't keep up on rocket news well, every day I, on Yahoo. All right. I suggest you start all the time finding my news. Okay, I'm sorry. I suggest you start because there's only oh. going to be more. Yeah. Great. Good. Oh, I'm so happy. Oh, what guess you what? What you see Warren guess Buffett what? inside a giant dick going to space? Oh. If if Warren Buffett wears like a Panama Jack hat when he gets out of his own spaceship on his way back, I will I will turn the TV off and I will never follow his investing advice ever again. No, no, no. Warren Buffett's going to be smart. He's going to take his house that he grew up in in Nebraska that he still lives in. He's going to put that whole house in a rocket and take that to Mars <laughs> because he's frugal and fiscally responsible. The man drives a Ford Focus. He's not going to be getting in a rocket. There's no way he only drives Ford Focuses. I don't believe that. I think that's that's utter bullcrap. That that's all just PR, right? There's no way. There's just no. Well, way. I I sort of hate Warren Buffett more than I hate the rest of them because he has all this money and he doesn't do anything with it. Like it's one thing to spend everything superfluously, which is horrible in its own way. Yeah. But what was the point of Warren Buffett's life? He just sat there and accumulated money and just looked at it and lived in his living room with a couple of, uh, you know, paintings he got at like prints of paintings he got at Walmart or whatever. Like, what was the point of accruing all this wealth and just doing to be, absolutely to be, nothing? To be able to tip 25% at the local diner where he enjoys his burger every day. Yeah. Think, yeah. think about how that trickles down the economy, that extra yeah. 5%, huh? That's that's a good point. See? Guy, but he's got to get different glasses. No. He looks like a dork. <laughs> no. All right. So <laughs> any billionaire is not a good guy. Okay, let's just yeah. make that clear yeah. right now. I'm sorry. And my, and you know who that means for too, right, Nathan? Uh, Gordy. 
Oh no, you're gonna go with. Let's move on, Brian. It's yeah. time for your number five. <laughs> before before we do any Jordan bashing on an episode Jesus. that I host, which which is negative points, I just saved you, Mitch, by uh, diverting things over to Brian. Brian, your number five. So my number five reason to disappear is because I said you two in the wrong context. Oh. Have you ever been to like enjoy your movie? <laughs> you too. Oh shit. <laughs> I can't I can't come back for my free refill of popcorn. I can't face this person again. Uh so I might as well disappear. Uh, or same thing for uh, me and Mitch. We probably had this several times. I know you haven't, Nathan, but enjoy your coffee. You too. They're not drinking coffee while they're serving <laughs> coffee. You get and I and you say you too with such confidence. Mm-hmm. It's like you were that was the right thing to say. And then you have to feed off their look of confusion. And you're just like, you got to crawl under a rock and completely leave. Like, you can't go back to that coffee shop. You could never go to that movie theater again. You got to wait until they get rid of all those teenage baristas and popcorn people. Mm -hmm. They got a clean house before you can show your face there again. You need to disappear. You need to get out of Dodge. The anxiety is just too much. This is you, this manifests itself in uh, a few other phrases. Like somebody's like, "Good morning, I'm good." You, like, wait, oh no. god, it's the worst. <laughs> or, or the worst, of course, is is when you say "I love you" and in the the wrong context. Is you know, it's like, "All right, well, see you later." Okay, love you to the you know retail clerk. I did that the- to my first grade <laughs> teacher on accident, and I was I was like mortified. I was like, sorry, Mrs. Redmond. I didn't mean that. I know you're married and you're not my mom. I'm going to go home. I'm going to take the day, go home early. I'll see you tomorrow. Send the homework home. I'll figure it out. I'm disappear for the night. Take care. That's that's painful. Yeah, I've, I I think I called. I either called a teacher grandma or my grandma by oh, a teacher's yeah. name. Or mom. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, it slips oh. in there. It's just like... That's just, I can't, it's too hard to handle. And especially in the moment, there's nothing you can say. No. You can't, you can't get your way out of it. It's already been said. They think you're a complete moron. You know, they don't really care about you explaining your way out of this. Your mm-hmm. best scenario is just disappear for a while and just let it all blow over. Yeah. Do you feel more or less embarrassment? Okay, Brian, I'm, I'm, I'm going to put you to the test here. You're at uh, an AMC theater. Um, you know, uh, Carlisle. I am a Stubbs reward member, so you yes, know, I yes, gotta yes. get my free movie. Carly is serving you your, your popcorn and soda at, at, the, at yes. the snack stand, and on her name tag it says Carly, of course. Then below it says Wally. Are you feeling more or less embarrassment versus you're being served by a guy named Ken, and his movie says, uh, let's say, let's say something uh, like uh, like The Matrix. Which person are you feeling more embarrassment in front of? I don't know. I'm an equal genre embarrassee, okay? okay. It doesn't All matter right. where it's coming from. I will feel shitty no matter what movie they like. Do you feel worse if the person is much younger than you versus the person is your same age? Oh, for sure. Okay. All right. Because okay. They're, the, they're looking at what the future is going to be, and I'm just showing them how much worse it gets. <laughs> That, that's, a, that's, a, that's a much harder burden to bear. If you if you call like a twenty three year old grandma accidentally, like in my scenario, that's pretty. Mm-hmm. That's pretty yeah. Bad. Yeah. Well, there's yeah. The, the, there's nothing worse than doing the you uh, you too, and then they're like, Ugh. then you walk away, and then you come back, and you have to ask, where's the Coca Cola freestyle machine again? And they're like, it's oh my god, just past theater one on your right, and then. 
Or, or they or they could counter you with a say and a happy new year. <laughs> <laughs> what a send up. <laughs> All right. I, uh, Brian, you're, you're getting three Boy. points for this. This is just too yes. relatable. It's I, I've lived it so many times. And Mitch, I, I love the, the concept of yours, but I'm just in, in such limbo here trying to decide if if I want to award three points for my friend belittling himself and saying he would be better off as an, as an absentee father <laughs> than actually being there. So I'm only going to give you two, uh, but we'll go, go on to you for your number four. Sure. Well, I mean, that, that was in the case of Gordy, who's going to be a science guy and, and I'm not good at science. <laughs> that, that was the only reason there, but my number four um, reason to disappear, which is, it's a fun one. And that is to go and seek out celestial communications from planets unknown. You know, disappearing into the desert in the southwest. You know, you 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 cloak yourself in turquoise and you forever remain a mystery as you walk out into the desert uh, to, to make contact with intelligent life. Uh, I'm inspired by, for this one, uh, one of my favorite musicians, his name is Jim Sullivan. Uh, he disappeared into the desert. No one ever saw him again. All they found was his car and a bottle of empty vodka. That was it. Yeah, sure, he probably just stumbled and fell down like a crevasse, you know, into a deep <laughs> hole, and like that's what happened. Or he he said, "Ooh, this river looks delicious," and went to drink, slipped, fell in, drowned, and then his body, you know, w- went down to Mexico. But that idea of just being this person who just it's just suspended in this cool desert explorer kind of ideal uh you, you went to go seek um communications with 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 worlds beyond ours i i like that idea a lot also there's something about the desert and the southwest and turquoise let's be honest matches with my eyes very nice and my hair i think i could rock <laughs> very well uh as i met well you know Glorbon and 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 Zimdoc thirteen or whatever as they welcome me to their spaceship. Um, you, you know, know who would help you a lot with this though is Gordy, the science guy. <laughs> oh my god, Gordy! You're right, Gordy would. But but see, that's the thing is like I feel like part of believing in aliens, it's kind of like believing in God. You know, um, is that true? How? Uh, how? how? <laughs> Because they're both not real. One is scientifically plausible. One is complete bullshit. How? How? Wait, you you think, have to pick which one. Which one do I? Which one am I assigning to? You which think here, God Mitch? is scientifically plausible? Absolutely not. Oh, oh, oh. All right, let's. I'm gonna. I'm gonna move us along from the uh, metaphysical biggest question in the history of time, uh, and Wait. bring us back to Earth, or at but, least within our the own cosmos. Nathan, so, Nathan, 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 hold on. But what people would find of mine in the spot where I walked out into the desert, okay, would be uh, like a uh, a doggy bag to go container, full rack of ribs, half eaten, mashed potatoes, <laughs> a motorcycle with a quarter tank of gas left, and then an old leather chest with uh, my my stuffed animal uh, tum tum right back here, a stuffed gorilla, and then <laughs> and 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 then a, a revolver with one bullet left in it. That's what they would find. And I'm, but I'm, I'm out in the desert and I'm never seen again. I think as many, as many food based episodes as we've done of this show, nobody here, people are more likely to believe that aliens took you than they are to believe that one of us would leave half a rack of ribs. (laughs) (laughs) It's just not going to (laughs) happen. Oh, Oh, that's true. That's very true. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, ribs, ribs are tough to hold, you know, ribs are not a great heat food, right? If you're out in the desert, ribs aren't awesome, you know? 
No, no. They don't sit Plus well. the sand, the wind. Yeah. No, not no, a good no. mix. Yeah. Okay. Thank you very much. I, I, I am done. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That was... Well, that was that was, that was a, a beautiful, romantic, and uh, cosmologically uncertain uh, answer, which I really enjoyed. Uh, Brian, it is your turn to repost. Yeah, it's just such a shame that the guy who decided to pick aliens won't be able to leave the planet, you know, because of the asteroid belt. Because he doesn't believe in we landed on the moon. Just for your consideration, <laughs> host, I think it's gonna be really hard for you to give him three points. I never said uh, for my number. I never my said number leaving. Four. I just said make communication or contact. Okay, with. that's fine. My number four is better anyway. Uh, so <laughs> this is where your embezzling scheme has caught up with you. Therefore, you must disappear. Now, for years, you must have been skimming off the the company teat with a small yet steady stream of fake expenses, and you're kind of caught up, and then you gotta gotta explain yourself. The money trail's been found. But you must disappear due to embarrassment, not because you were caught, but because of how small of an amount of money you were stealing. If anyone actually found out that you had this great scheme that you could have profited off of for so long, but you're only earning like an extra dollar a month, like what a horrible way to go down in the history books. This guy had to run away. He had the perfect scheme and he he, he just didn't succeed. He could have been rich when he disappeared, but no, you're just caught. You got to run. You got to leave. You got to put everything in the briefcase. The extra $12 a year you were making, uh, hopefully you get yourself a nice rack of ribs and <laughs> me, hit the road. <laughs> let me posit this question to you. Yeah. Would you yes. rather do two years in prison for embezzling a tiny amount, as in your scenario, or would you rather do 30 years in prison and be able to tell your fellow inmates that you embezzled billions? Two years. Yeah. I mean, I think my gut is saying the two years. But have you seen how cush prisons are for people who steal billions of dollars? Well, I mean, you might, you might. When you get caught for stealing billions of dollars, normally you're already like 65 or 70, right? I mean, yeah, most so of the like, time, it, so like you've already been able to enjoy a bunch of that cash and you won't have to you, serve all that time either. Age is a factor. Age is a factor. If I'm young, I'm going two years. If I'm old, I'm going billions. Yeah. Because, okay. yeah, because like, like in, in, um, in uh, Madoff's case, he he won had a ton of money got to live the good life yep. but also he got to like doubly keep um the New York Mets heads underwater because they sucked at baseball and then he stole a bunch of their money as well, which is doubly hilarious. So, Uber Cinco, the podcast where we idolize Bernie Madoff. <laughs> what a guy. You know what? If you're going to embezzle, Madoff had it right, yes. all right? That guy... Well, I'm going 30 years. 30 years for stealing billions. I'm going to take the Madoff route, all right? Well, he Woo! Did, I mean, uh, well, let's be legal about this. He, he didn't embezzle. He just stole, so, because it was his company. True, true, yeah. true, true. Yeah. But, I mean, that's the way to do it. <laughs> that is the way to do it. What a guy. All right, yeah, yeah. So, Brian, Brian I, I, I'm only going to give you one point for making me think about yet another billionaire that I don't like. Uh, and then, I didn't even bring him up. Yeah, but you made me think of him. You made me think of him, so. Yeah, made you think of him. Poison. You posed the question. Poison. Fine, I'll take my one point. Got you. Got while you. you give Mitch whatever bullshit score you're going to give him. Well, 
Mitch said the word crevasse, so he gets three points. Uh, and we're moving on <laughs> to round number Ooh! three. <laughs> Whoa! God Woo! damn it! Woo! Hey, this is these are the rules we agreed upon 18 months ago when we devised this show. Was anybody who says crevasse gets three points <laughs> yep. no matter what? Is this there is any what we more? Said. I have Brian like, in a full torpor right now. It's amazing. <laughs> Is there any more horrible way to die that has a more bougie title to it than falling in a crevasse? <laughs> it's such a horrible way to die, but it sounds so lovely in an obituary. It's very classy. Oh, yeah. Very classy. G- grandfather screamed with utter, utter pain, and no one came to his, to his help for three straight months as he died slowly in a crevasse. Ooh, yes. Oh, wow, Gregory, that's not the, Maybe I want to go down a crevasse. Would you like to splunk? Let's go. All right, Brian, you get an extra bonus point for saying uh, spelunk. There oh, we go. Wow. <laughs> wow. I knew reading that the th- fifth hour would come in handy one day. All right, Mitch, Mitch, you're number three, please. Take away a point for him for, for, for saying thesaurus. thesaurus. I got to- I've had so much Coke Zero to get this show done. I'm, I'm getting tongue-tied, guys. All right. Okay, my number three, I'm getting straight to the point here, and, and I've got to go to my notes because it's a very specific thing, and I can't. It's got to be word perfect. All right, my number three. Audience, that means a lot of words. Prepare for a lot of words. <laughs> no, it's not that many, actually. So just uh, sit back, Brian, and uh, watch watch uh, glory happen. Okay, here we go. Number three. <laughs> when the girl you were just dancing with employs her friend to walk up to you while you're with all your boys and accuses you of running your flagpole at full steam, if you know what I mean. <laughs> oh. And also... Oh. At this junior high dance, you're wearing your best American Eagle polo shirt, your favorite Gap cargo shorts with the drawstring, and you get that slick, stiff, ski jump hair just launching pheromones all over the place. But when you get accused of having a hot little rocket in your shorts, (laughs) time to drop that smoke bomb and disappear, baby, because that (laughs) shit is embarrassing. That is my number three. Short, sweet, to the point, and it's real. Thank you very much. What a what a wonderful what a wonderful arc the the male species goes on in life when yeah. at a junior high dance when you're 13 you get the biggest erection of your life when you literally just put your hands on a girl's hips to then oh yeah when you're when it you're wasn't uh, just on her hips <laughs> well, sorry this then, is in the late 90s when they were like grind all over each other go yeah. for it we don't care. But, but then when you're well, I don't know what dance you went to, but mine was uh, mine was a, a hips only situation. Leave room for Ours Jesus. Were, well, think about much. this: you had twelve girls to choose from, Nathan. He was at an all boys school. He finally <laughs> saw a woman for the first time. He was like, "Holy moly!" Hold on, hold on. This is junior high. I didn't go to all boys school till high school. I still knew women at this point. Thank you very much. Okay, <laughs> I still knew women. <laughs> Oh man! Yeah. That, you know what? That was short and sweet, and it's very true that not only is it terrible to have this happen to you, it's also terrible to have just somebody near you happen. To, we used to make fun of this one kid, James, in grade school all the time because we thought he was getting boners in math class all the time, and he would always have to turn around and be like, "It's my pants! They fold weird!" Oh, and we just ripped on him. We also called the teacher Joe Dirt. We were horrible little shits. Uh, okay. She was a woman. <laughs> every, every every man, at least so I've heard, uh, still being uh, in a reasonably young age bracket, 
But eventually it comes to the point where it's like, man, what about those glory days when it would take just that much to be able to uh, stand at attention? So there's, uh, yeah, yeah th- when, when you're 13 and don't even know how to put a, a full sentence together, you're ready to go. But then when you have age and maturity and experience, nothing's happening. Yeah. It's, well, a, it's a shame. I, well, Cruel you, irony. <laughs> <laughs> what's what's terrible, terrible about this whole situation is as it's happening, when me and this young lady are dancing, we're having fun at first. But then when it happens, you, you sort of like, boy, this is like a kind of like a secret thing that I, w- I would hope would stay between you and I. Mm-hmm. But then when it becomes oh, a public that's... thing, you feel bad. But then you also feel bad for her, too. And you're kind of like. Why did Nancy Gomez have to get in the middle of this and try and, and make a bunch of drama? And then, you know, for whatever reason, you have to pretend to your guy friends like you don't get boners when you grind on cute girls, which is like also it's it's all just it's all just fucked. You know, it's all just a bad situation when you're in junior high and no one's hot. You know, no, everyone's weird. Their bodies are changing. No, you're, yeah, you're in junior high. Everything is terrible in junior high. Everything about life is horrible. The clothes don't fit right. (laughs) Yeah. Your hair, you think, is a great ski jump. And actually, it just injures every single skier that attempts. Uh, And it's just, (laughs) yeah. That was a thing when we were in junior high was the ski jump hair where it's you, you put so much gel in it and then it just at the front, everybody had really short hair and we just yep. you spike it. Yep. Up. Why did we do that? I did it. And I mean, my hair goes way past my shoulders now. It's it's how was I once the same you person? You should who try had doing it jump? now. Get a long jump ski jump going. <laughs> I can't afford that much that much gel. I will buy it for you and we will put it on YouTube. <laughs> I'm, I'm fine with trying it. We got to do it. You heard it here first, folks. I I, I hate to say it, but I think it's the influence of the boy bands in that era. Oh, you're right. You're right. That's what it was. Yeah. So did either of you get frosted tips? No, 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 no. No, I never went that far. I never did any dye jobs either. I just went, you guys did the ski jump. I just took the full mitt of gel and just straight through spikes on every single crevice of my head crevasse of my head I, re- I remember getting ready for junior high dances and putting the gel in my hair and being like god if i show up without gel in my hair what a turn my life will take this will just be and these were the same i mean i had 20 some people in my class these were the same people i'd seen every day since i was born and yeah. if i have Shit, gel I have in my cold. hair oh that's gonna change everything this will finally turn it around Ma, where's the swab for men? I only have this corn huskers lotion. <laughs> never put corn huskers in my lotion. Or, Jesus. Whoa, never, hey, never Freudian put, slip. Never put corn huskers lotion in my hair. Definitely going to try after the episode. Uh, yes. Please. Mitch, this was this was delightful. But Brian, it's, it's your turn for your number three. Uh, my number three is uh, you promised your neighbor if they ever needed anything, uh, just give a holler and then your door rings. <laughs> this is you got to go. Fuck, you this is such a good one. You don't know how to do anything. You are a millennial man. You don't know what tools do. You can't you can barely fix a light bulb. How are you going to help them? What if they ask to borrow a tool? All you have is probably bright lime green Ryobis if they haven't been stolen. (laughs) And on top of that, you don't even know how to use any of them safely, mind you. And then what if they ask you to hold the flashlight? Your father already told you you can't do that right. Now, (laughs) you don't know how to wire. You don't know how to plumb. You could barely lift heavy things. 
and your stupid mouth had to offer. Now you have to go on the run and disappear because you are a useless putz. You are you can't do anything uh. for these people. And they will know that you're an empty, shallow, hollow man that can't provide for his own family, let alone help them accomplish a menial task. So you, you would run. Plus one you for would actually mo- Plus one You would actually putts. move out of your 3,000 square foot home in this situation. I would, have be that to, I would abandon. I would abandon my 3,000 square foot house. It has the perfect home theater and studio <laughs> attached. Yep. I would have to get rid of it. Never finishing that basement now. No. That thing's long gone. I'm on yeah, the road. Yeah. I said goodbye to my family. Said good luck with the neighbors. Hope they don't ask you for help. And give them the deed and leave. Because mm-hmm. I cannot provide any more. I, I just can't face these neighbors. There it's going to be too much. no better phrase to illustrate your point than you using the phrase, fix a light bulb. Because you don't <laughs> yeah, fix <see>? light bulbs. <laughs> Well, in the modern age, they're actually more LEDs, and you could technically resolder it. But okay, Mitch, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. I, I how I, many I, podcast hosts does it change? Does it take to resolder a light bulb? <laughs> that is the question now we are that's asking a t-shirt today. T-shirt that will really <laughs> yeah. sell. That's a hard Ugh. joke to write because, like, it's going to take other podcast hosts for that podcast host to learn about how See, to do it's it. So much. Yeah. It, it's it's layered. Yeah. That like is a lot of lot of mediocre white guys are going to be involved in that one. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. Well, hey. Brian, you're getting three points because I can totally re- relate to this. I can't, I can't even build a reputation, much less put together <laughs> some mini blinds. So I can totally relate oh. to this. And Mitch, Mitch, an easy three points for you. This uh, just unbelievably relate. You took me back to the 1999 Thank and you. listening to the band LFO and their uh, song about girls that wore Amber Crombie and Fitch and how that was oh, the song I was dancing to when I had my own moment where I just wanted to run away and cry. So three points to everybody. Mitch, on to your number four. Yeah, no problem. Um, my number my number two on my list of reasons. Sorry, yeah, number two, I suppose, since no, we're, we're no, going go, in mathematical order. Go back order. and talk about the aliens again. That went so well the first time. Okay, you know what? Yeah, actually, I did have a couple more things. Okay, so. If I, no. What? Okay, hold on. If I'm getting lost in Jared Leto's former Navy base now, um, no, I'm kidding. Okay, number two. <laughs> Reason to disappear is for attention and or a love check on your parents. Now you, you oh. yeah. Now you can do the, the attention part, obviously as an adult or child, but I'm thinking more childhood here yes um and the love check is definitely when you're a child now it's great you know you you disappear from your house Uh, maybe you go down to your friend's house maybe it's a block away two blocks away maybe you go to the local park uh maybe you go to local theater maybe go to the to the mall nearby to the arcade whatever it is you stay away for an extended amount of time hopefully um and then you just find out you get a good sense of how long and how hard your parents search for you and then i think is a very good indication of, of you know how much they love you how much they think about you how much they care for you how much they want you back and i think this is a a, a very good thing to do especially when you are um like the youngest in the family nathan looking at you here um, i hear you i definitely did this where i would go and hide in the house or go out outside and hide in our in our uh, our treehouse 
um, when my mom would tell me things like, I promised to bring you to the sports card store at 5.30. And then her friend would call or she'd have to make dinner. And then she wouldn't bring me to the sports card store. So then I'd be like, well, I'm going to hide. And I'm going to wait until she finds me and apologizes for not bringing me to the sports card store because I didn't get to buy another Kirby Pocket or a Ken Griffey Jr. card or something like that. But... There's, it's, this, this is a this is a um uh, a, a a potentially unruly bonfire here dancing around though too because as a child if you say okay mom and dad oh great yeah this has been a nice uh, movie and pizza thing with the family here I'm just gonna go in into the other room and you pick up your backpack and you walk a couple blocks down to the local park. And you take out your glow sticks and you're just hanging out. You're playing with your glow sticks or whatever. And it's hours have passed. You know, it's, it's now it's from 8 to midnight or whatever it is. And you finally return home and you walk in the back door. And then your mom or dad sees you and goes, oh, hey, are, are you going to go to bed soon? Or like, <laughs> do you want a bowl of ice cream? And then they didn't realize at all at any point that you were missing whatsoever. And this is really devastating. And then that might imprint on a child that their parents really don't pay that much attention to them. And, you know, then it's just going to heap one more little, uh, you know, uh, character joy or defect, either however it manifests itself in the the adult uh, stage of life. But um, so so this is a dangerous one. It's a double-edged sword. But this is a very, very important, um, I think, tool for a child um especially I, I don't know us, if us this, to do it so yeah i don't know if your parents were capable of doing this but my mother in particularly would and sorry mom i'm gonna expose one of your parenting secrets here but i would i would try to do this stuff like well you know what fine i'm just gonna i'm just not gonna be around for a little bit and but she my mother knew me of course and she knew that's what i was doing and i, I yeah. would be like in the backyard just being away and she'd be like ah yeah well i i can play this game i can play the waiting game i'll wait him out he'll come back and i would yeah but then if it was like family game night or something and i went into the other room it was like you get back here this is family time like she absolutely <laughs> had a stranglehold on me on this one i could never get away with it yeah well it's super easy your mom's like what's he gonna do walk 12 miles to a mcdonald's <laughs> <laughs> yeah you can't do that's anything a good point. i had literally nowhere to go <laughs> You, everyone knew you. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, we saw Nathan. He was his round back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's out back behind the shed. He, he had his corn huskers lotion and a couple of magazines. I don't know what he was doing. And he was just punch fighting the air. He just seemed really sad and angry. One of my favorite places to go when I was a kid, uh, and I was allowed to do it with my friends, was this place called Sunberg's about four blocks away from our house. And it was a little soda fountain. It had candy, ice cream, you know, milkshakes, sundaes. So every now and again, I would just go there without asking, just to kind of like test the waters a little bit, you know. Um, so that felt pretty cool. That felt pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I was, I mean, I was a little, I mean, I was a spoiled little, little, little craphead for sure, for sure. So, but yeah, I was so bad at pushing those boundaries. I, I remember I once asked my dad if I could TP the neighbor's house and was pissed when he said no. Like, that's kind of like. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me, actually, now let me throw my sister under the bus while I'm throwing all yeah! my family under the bus. My sister, who is smash. who is absolutely watching this on the YouTube stream, as she is one of the few who does. Hey, <laughs> Laurel. Hey, Laurel. Laurel. Yeah. Laurel, do you remember? 
freshman year of high school. Oh, yeah, she does. Everybody homecoming week. And the tradition was everybody, and that's all 100 people who went to my high school, would go and TP the high school and throw the toilet paper <laughs> over the trees. Oh, my gosh. How rebellious. And Laurel wasn't allowed to her freshman year. But then her senior year, apparently she was. And I was a freshman and I was all excited to go TP to high school. And Laurel said, well, I wasn't allowed to as a freshman. And so my parents made me stay home while Laurel got to go throw toilet paper over trees in the high school parking lot. If you thought I'd forgotten Laurel and mom and dad, I haven't. Vengeance will be mine. It's been years in the making. Watch your backs. It's coming. Wow. Wow. When you when you were watching her TP from from your front porch, what did you, did you feel? What level of jealousy did you feel? See, everyone thinks that Mitch is joking, but I literally lived a block away from my high school. So, <laughs> all that fun there so so quite a lot. Yeah, I literally could just walk over there and do it, but no. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, funny. What? That's good. Can, shit. can it? Can you give us some more insight about about what kind of a, a big sister Laurel was uh, to you um, in, d- during high school specifically? Um, I, I think we should do a whole episode on that and bring bring her on and reasons oh. why Laurel was a fun big sister to have and and uh, I can also throw her under the bus a few more times. Okay, but, cool. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but it was we, we had that one year the the senior year she was a senior and I was a freshman and with only a hundred people in the school so and she was she was on the cheerleading squad i was on the basketball team we were both on the scholastic bowl team so we spent a lot of time together and it was uh it was intense year for us and then obviously she went to college and things were never the same um (laughs) yeah but anyways we'll have we'll have laurel on the show in the future laurel i know you're listening this is the invite from the three of us we're gonna have you on in some capacity and you are going to be thrown under the bus and i intend for you to throw me under the bus in some fashion (laughs) so look forward to that everybody and brian it's over to you for your number two bunch of bus murder my number two uh you won the lottery now you must disappear. Oh. Now, I'd rather admit that you've won the lottery and start cutting checks to everyone who starts asking you for money. You fake your own death. This is your renaissance. Cut bait, start fresh. Now, this is really cool because you can like, you have so much F you money. You could do so much with it. Mm-hmm. You hire a down on his luck novelist to come up with a whole new backstory for you. Just give him some time. Let him flush it out. Then you memorize it, and then you burn the manuscript in front of his face. Boom! Just kind of just get this this energy started for this new life. You legally change your name to something simple like Chuck Podansky, and just live out your remaining names as Chuck. And you, like, hired a crew to film your funeral, and then Chuck starts this whole new family, and... There can be days where he like tosses in the tape to watch his own funeral, to hear some eulogies while he about himself as he enjoys a Manhattan alone in his home theater, of course, because, you know, he won the lottery Mm -hmm. and his house is way bigger than 3000 square feet. And remember just what a good decision Chuck made (laughs) to start over as Chuck (laughs) and not probably Brian. (laughs) So, okay, this, hold on, hold on. Okay, do you also destroy the author's computer and their entire house? Because, and like, because you're gonna have to 
destroy a bunch of their shit to like keep that thing secret, right? You could you could just have him killed. Just, you have yeah, the money. The you writer. have the means to do it. Kill the writer, raise their house guy. and their apartment building. Not, no, I'm not a bad guy. I'm a new guy. <laughs> so instead of just like. I, I do want him to see the work burn. That's like the meanest thing I'm going to do. Sure. But like I have so many, so much money that all the lawyers and the contract I drew up with this guy, he's been paid. Okay. He doesn't care what happens to this thing afterwards. And that, 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 that contract was so locked tight. He wasn't allowed to use Google docs. Sure. He wasn't allowed to use anything. He wrote this thing on a damn typewriter for him. Okay. Okay. White out tape staple. This was one copy. I was hoping so. Boom. I was hoping so. Okay. Good. Memorized good. it. Boom, mine, gone. And then I never told him my name. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, <laughs> See, that was because <laughs> yeah. then he would know I'm Chuck Podansky yeah. and find me in some yeah. place, Wisconsin, wherever I decide to hide. I have all the See, money this, in the world. And this I just is go to amazing. <laughs> in, in your three thousand, in your three thousand square foot home in Wisconsin, this is the classic Brian moment. The ult- he wins the lottery. He has infinite money, Wisconsin. Just <laughs> would you look for me there? What better place is there to disappear than just somewhere in East Jesus Nowhere, Wisconsin? I'm gonna move. Boom. I'm gonna move from Berwyn, Illinois, to Waukesha, Wisconsin. Here we go, <laughs> boy! Ooh. Beer store right down the block. Cheese store right down the block. Sausage store two blocks over. Here we go. Uh, is there anything more like just entitled than having like billions of dollars? And then being like, I'm Chuck Padansky. I'm going to move to the land that is mine here in Oshkosh near <laughs> Chippewa Falls. Like, this is like, this is my land. Like, Chuck, get the fuck out of here. Get out of here, Chuck. <laughs> that's that's got to be what the locals think about Warren Buffett to bring it full circle. Yeah, like, there we go. Like, hey. if, if you were Warren Buffett's next door neighbor or Chuck Padansky's, that would have to be pretty annoying. Truly, though, like, what is worse than winning the lottery and then being known? Like it, it yeah. really does mess up your future. Well, and, and uh, if you move to Southwest Central Wisconsin, you got to got to see Dr. Carl Usenhausen for all your hair implant needs. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I really hope this I'm, is somebody's first episode that we have jam packed <laughs> with callbacks that will make no sense as we talk about personal anecdotes from our lives where they don't know us at well, all. I gave enough context for Gordy, okay? He comes from me and a, and a, and a waitress at a diner I met in Naturita, Colorado. So, you know, but... Okay. Well, everybody everybody I meet on the street always says, oh, I love the show, especially the Naturita, Colorado episode. That yes. was my favorite <laughs> yes. one. Yeah. Uh, um, all right, I'm going to score this round out. Like, So on my little score pad here, yep. I have... Three two three two three two three two like written on Brian's column and then crossed out because I just I was going back and forth here over and over again and because I, I I loved it but then you made me mad and then you you win me back and then you made me mad and I'm just it's kind of my thing I'm I'm only gonna give you two points just oh. because I want one day as someone who loves you and cares about you one day I want you to dream bigger than a 3,000 square foot house in Wisconsin because I know you can do it. So this is some tough love I'm dishing out here, but I believe yeah. in you, big man. Uh, Thank you. And Thank then, you. Then Mitch, <laughs> Mitch, I'm going to give you, well, you're going to, there's going to be three points in the score column, but I'm not necessarily giving them to you. I'm also giving them to your parents for not using you're going to hide as their own opportunity to disappear and just leave you behind forever. Uh, so hats off to your parents and three points to you. And then we'll go back to you for your number one. 
Absolutely, yeah. So my number one is one of my favorite things to do to other people of all time. <laughs> oh, boy. People don't like it. Most people don't like it. But I think it's great, and I really enjoy it. And my so my number one reason to disappear is for pranks. Here, here's oh, the scene. You're, you're walking with a big group of friends. It's don't don't groan and sigh and sit back like here we go. This is real. This is okay. a great thing. Okay, Brian, ugh, let me go. All right, you're walking with your friends at night. Everyone's chatting. People are kind of like you know they're distracted, and you just sneak off to the side. You just, you're you're gone. You've disappeared. And then they're like, oh, my God, where is Mitch? Where is he? We don't know where he is. Is he around this corner? Oh, God, no. Is he around this corner? No. Is he in that bush? No. Oh. <laughs> and then I launch down from a like a mezzanine roof. Ah! You know, and I yell or, 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 or I do like a <laughs> or something like that. And they're like, ah! and they, they get really scared. Um, it's one of my favorite things to do is to prank people. Um <clears throat> You know, lurking in in undiscovered shadows, you know, lying in wait, scaring the pants off and the piss out of your best friends. One of my number one favorite things to do. Um, and the, what, what I love about this is the longer you're gone, the worse slash better it is. You know, that they, they think, did he just go home? Is he dead somewhere? Is he like... Is he just a complete psychopath? And then you know, then you just <laughs> then you just well. lie and wait, and you wait and you wait and you wait, and you watch him. You know, you watch him from distance, and then you come out and scare him at the exact right time. Right. I think we have uh, our answer. I, I have a, I have a very I have a very important follow up question. What's and that, for, Nathan? And it's for Brian. Yeah, Brian, do you remember Mitch ever doing this to you? Just prank, just scaring me for no just, reason. Just disappearing on you, and then jumping out and scaring you. Yeah, he's done it. Oh, okay. Because because I don't remember this, and Mitch said he does it to his best friends, and I'm 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 wondering what time I've forgotten, or else am I going to be very offended? So, Mitch, is there Ooh. any story where this happened to your your lovely friend Nathan, who you've known for 16 years now? Well, I guess I'm trying to remember it's because it's always I always make like a cowboy cut 80 ounce steak for my friend, and then we go walking. <laughs> <laughs> and then, Continue to call that, baby. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, see, this this only works really well if you're in a giant group of friends walking around because then people are distracted and they don't notice you, you know, slip sure. off into the uh, silky dark night. Um, but it, it is true that that you are tougher to to scare because when you notice me sneaking off, like you are, you are kind of like you pay attention, I guess. So like. I uh, for, for, like my, my memory, if it serves me correct, when we went and saw um, uh, Paranormal Activity two, I tended Electric to do this, Boogaloo. but then you, you really were, were were just like, oh, I, I see you, I see you, I see you. I was on high alert after watching that movie. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. exactly. My senses were as in tune as they had ever been. <laughs> and, and and all I wanted to do was like recede into the sewer and then come out like a block down, you know, like, you know, and really, really spooky guys good. If you uh, went that hard on a prank, I would respect you for, I don't care how bad you scared me if you sure. went down in the sewer ran a block ahead and popped up pennywise style sure you would have my respect for life that is Can well I? within mitch's facility he would yeah. definitely He's, go that far it's gonna happen now and we're, <laughs> we're screwed i have this is a quick story this is the longest i've ever waited to scare the 
just the freaking pants on us uh, off of someone uh, and their pants are full of shit too m- m- might I say at the end um, I was uh, in Cincinnati with my friend Kitty Woodruff and a number of people it was her like end of college I don't know bar crawl or something but so where Katie's parents house is uh, it's a development out in the suburbs and it's around like a retention pond and around that retention pond there's like some groves of trees and whatnot. so it's a group of like I don't know 12 of us or something and we're coming back from the bars that night and people say, we want to go skinny dipping or swimming in this disgusting retention pond. I was like, I'm not going to do that. But I was like, <laughs> this is the perfect time to scare people. I sprint ahead and I disappear into the trees. And they go, all right, we're going to go swimming. But I didn't know they were going to do this. So I waited in the trees. And I waited in the trees. And I waited in the trees. <laughs> and they swam for like a half hour. And I just stayed in the trees and then th- they came walking up the hill and they assumed I'd just gone back to her parents house and you know like gotten into my gym jams and, and gone to bed turns out old Brinker boy is waiting in the trees <laughs> and I popped out and I scared it was like a group of eight people and I think like seven of eight people fell down they were so afraid they were walking and fell down they were so afraid so that is my that is my most proud uh, uh, creep moment, I will say, of delivering the top level scare pranks because I disappeared. So yeah, this this does delight me. This I have this cartoon image in my head of of you with your your shining red hair disappearing into the night, sort of running with high knees, cackling into the woods, <laughs> knowing you're gonna jump out at somebody later. Yep, exactly like that. I can so. I can picture this very vividly. So mm-hmm. you're gonna get some points. I promise you that. But Brian, it's over to you for your number one to see what you can come up with here to counter that. And listener, he was beaming with pride. <laughs> he retold that story. <laughs> that does not come across on Mike, but oh my God, are you proud of that scare? All right. My number one reason to disappear is because you've lost your man on what was supposed to be a midnight run. Now, for those of you who know what movie I am referring to, a lot of folks are going to come after you if you are a bounty hunter of some kind and you need to deliver a man to a certain point at a certain time. A man who is needed by a lot of different places, a lot of different people for a lot of different reasons. They all need this guy either dead or in somewhere. If you fail this mission you are going to need to disappear because they're going to want to make you disappear. And you are not Robert De Niro. You are not going to successfully be able to weasel your way out of the situation. You will die if you don't disappear, which is why this is my number one. It is life-threatening. You cannot lose your man while doing a midnight run. That is my number one. So Robert De Niro was in the movie Midnight Run, for those who are wondering <laughs> what's going on here. <laughs> yes. It's Robert De Niro. And who, who is the other guy in that movie? There was Charles another guy. Grodin. Charles Grodin. Charles yeah. Grodin, yeah. I, yeah. I literally watched this movie or like the first 20 minutes on Netflix like two months ago and I, I turned it off. So this You're isn't looking good for you, Brian. <laughs> it is a great film. Dude, you, you are gotta missing stick out. with it. It's great. Yeah, it's awesome. It's almost as good as Smoking the Bandit, but not as good. Smoking the Bandit is better. Uh, so. It's very similar type of feel and as just being fun and it leaves you with a smile on your face after it's over. Mm-hmm. That's how I felt. 
Mm-hmm. And by the pen clicking I can hear Nathan doing, he does not give a shit about this movie that I enjoy. <laughs> I am, I am, he's I am nervous. perplexed. He's like, let's, let's get this going. Come on. I, I'm going to say one point for Brian for number one because I didn't <laughs> like the movie. <laughs> so, Well, it's the, okay to be wrong. That's host. the way the cookie that's crumbles. Mitch, Mitch, I, wow. I, I, I'm, I'm only going to give you. Bruce Almighty with that phrase just there? I wow. wish I could give him zero points for <laughs> being oh my a host. God. But okay, wait, did I, I've never seen Bruce? Are you saying me? I've never seen Bruce Almighty, so if I reference it, that's a total <laughs> total accident. Oh God, this is getting. No, let's continue the show. Yeah, let's, let's end this yeah. shit. Push it's forward. Over. Push forward. All right, let's all right, push well, on. Brian gets one point. Mitch, oh. you're getting two. But Mitch, you're also getting a bonus point because uh, the listeners won't know this, but about ten minutes ago, you literally disappeared from our recording <laughs> when your computer froze. So by inadvertently disappearing during the show, about disappearing, that's a bonus point. Thank you. And very then much. you both get. Then you both get uh, three bonus points for uh, making fun of me for jerking off with Cornhusker's lotion for the 19th show in a row. So that's 14 points for Brian and 15 points for Mitch. He's the big winner today. Congratulations to Mitch and a valiant effort, Brian. And that you know what makes a sorry. You know what makes a good podcast is when we all start talking about movies. None of the other person has seen. <laughs> that should be a thing that we do all the time because such a great thing to listen to. Yep. Please take us out, Nathan. Holy shit. Uh, all right. It's, it's time for my fast five. And this is to remind you the top five mistakes that you have made in the last 24 hours. Number five, leaving your reusable grocery bags at the bottom of the cart piling $300 worth of groceries on top of them that will have to rung up before you can start bagging. Not helpful. Number four, telling the 22-year-old film student intern that they should write a pilot script about your office. Yeah. The nation is clamoring to know more about the antics of Marge and accounting and your tenuous relationship with IT. Move over, Dwight Schrute. Number three, Ordering a plain potato salad instead of mustard potato salad. You have one life, time is finite, and this is how you are spending it? Ugh. Number two, marrying for money, not love. Loneliness and regret will find you, even at the second lake house. And number one, naming your daughter Caitlin, spelled K-E-I-G-H-T-L-Y-N-N-E. Jesus fucking Christ. And that's this week... That's this week's edition of Uber Cinco, the man who just won't go away unless you remind him that his dog hasn't been fed gourmet vegan gluten-free lasagna in the last hour. Mitchell Anthony Brinkman. <laughs> and, oh, oh shit, wait. Wait, where'd he go? What? Where? Where? Oh, there he is. It's... Oh. Brian Ernst. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Nathan Henenfent, and if you think we're going anywhere, we're not, folks. We'll be back next week. As D.B. Cooper, Amelia Earhart, the princes in the tower, Jimmy Hoffa, and the lost city of Atlantis all said, Laters. You've just listened to Uber Cinco, a production of UBK Studios. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your fine podcasts from. If you like what you hear and want to support the show, please visit our Patreon site at patreon.com slash ubkstudios. Every little bit helps us keep the lights on and the bill collectors at bay. Keep tabs on us on all the social media at UBK Studios, and most importantly, subscribe to our YouTube channel so you can see that we really are just a bunch of good Midwestern boys. (laughs) 